Welcome to Special Edition Thursday Morning. We bring to you Joel Skosen. You have tuned into Discussions of Truth. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Both of those handles happen to be I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Patreon to iantrottier.com for a list of all past guests. The show has been going, it's approaching the two-year mark, and it is moving full steam ahead. Joel Skosen joins us today as a political scientist. He's a former U.S. Marine fighter pilot in the Vietnam era. By training and specializing in philosophy of law and constitutional theory, he brings to the program a stern opinion as to the current state of the affairs in the United States and globally. Such speaking topics, and I believe he is multilingual, English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Italian, and German. He speaks and addresses the following topics, world affairs briefings, both foreign and domestic, strategic relocation. Now, that's an interesting topic. Strategic relocation. High security design for residents and retreats. High security design for residents. Excuse me, residences and retreats. I'm getting this information off of his website. Crisis preparedness and strategies for civil defense and self-sufficiency planning. Military affairs and readiness. Free enterprise solutions to economic and social problems. Philosophy of law and government. He has appeared on Prison Planet TV. Well, as well as Infowars multiple times. Apart from that, I do not know other media outlets that he has made commentaries on or appearances for, but he carries a very big stick and will be phoning us from, Skyping us from California this morning in about 10 minutes. Folks, if you have listened to my episodes over the course of it's, I think, close to 60, well, let's see, more than 60 episodes. I'm not quite sure. I'd have to count that. But uh, if you have followed me from the early beginnings, you will know that early on, I have been speaking with two-time U.S. House of Representatives representative Cynthia McKinney. She's the first black woman to represent the state of Georgia in the House on Capitol Hill. As a member of the Green Party, former member of the Democratic Party, she ran for U.S. president in 08. She is a native of Atlanta, Georgia. She's a graduate of the University of Southern California, as well as Tufts University and Antioch. University. We were just recently speaking, trying to finalize a date now. She's got a lot of things she is working on. So as soon as I have that, I will bring that to you. In 2010, McKinney was awarded the Peace Through Conscience Award from the Munich American Peace Committee, MAPC, acronym, 
for her efforts to challenge the United States and NATO war policies. And as previously mentioned, I've had to reschedule Kevin Ship. He was scheduled a couple months back. I'm uh, working on getting him back on the program. Gretchen Peters is scheduled for August 15th. She will address her book, as well as other topics, Seeds of Terror, How Drugs, Thugs, and Crime Are Reshaping the Afghan War. 17 years into that war, folks. 17 years the United States has been fighting the opi- in the opium wards. Control for opium is that, and that, that is my opinion. And time to time to time, I, I'll just throw out my opinion. That is my opinion. Okay, uh, fighting. You're fighting. <laughs> it's just it's it's a it's a little bit comical, in my view. Right, you're fighting terrorism on multiple fronts. Um, I'm not saying you're not fighting terrorism. What you're really fighting is uh, control of the drug, drug trade. In my opinion. Okay. Gretchen may have a different one. And she's been kind enough to agree to come on the program. She's a graduate of Harvard and the University of Denver's Joseph Corbell School of International Studies. Former, uh, former employee of ABC News. Two of her papers, which are interesting to note. One, the United States Institute of Peace, How Opium Profits the Taliban. Mm, Interesting. How Opium Profits the Taliban. Would the Taliban want a, you know, what what does the United States have in its Navy? 17, 18 aircraft carriers? I'm not sure. Is that number accurate? Does the Taliban have one? Would they want 17 or 18? West Point's Combating Terrorism Center. Hakani Network, something I know nothing about, but uh, Gretchen will be on the program the 15th of next month. Next week will be an incredibly interesting topic, and we will host Richard Gage. He's a well-respected architect based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And he's worked on multi-million dollar projects. For about 10 years now, he has been spearheading an effort to open up the 9-11 investigation. Not satisfied with the 9-11 Commission report. And by the way, Cynthia McKinney, two-time U.S. Senator, federal, has also questioned that same report. We get into the realm of conspiracy theories. But the fact of the matter, America, is that John F. Kennedy and his death remains a mystery. Many elements of that remain a mystery. In fact, so as far as that goes, so does Abraham Lincoln's death. Um, so... One of the questions to ask is this kind of motley crew of Osama bin Laden, not saying he was motley, he was extremely wealthy, supposedly anyway. Could it have been possible that he and his team and his agents had actually to help with the demolition process in case, in case, you know, they say his goal was to flatten those two towers. Flatten. And by the way, building number seven went down flat as a pancake, was never hit by never hit by a bird's feather. But if you're Osama bin Laden, would you have possibly planted thermite demolition agents within the walls of that building to assure yourself that that building would go down flat as a pancake in case The planes didn't do it. Well, the planes ended up doing it. But a guy like Richard Gage is questioning elements of that commission to reopen that investigation. Was there something that may have been overlooked? And I support that. Why not? Why not? Right? That's my view. Okay. Daniel Esterlin was guest from program for tomorrow, slated for tomorrow, but he... uh, 
has had to reschedule, so so, so working on that at the moment. In an era of fake news, weaponization. Now, here's a term that you should familiarize yourself with, NSA followers. That would be the National Security Agency. Weaponization of social media. The weaponization. Social media can be a weapon? How so? Rapid transition to global communication and highly volatile global monetary markets. Daniel Estelin aims to make sense of what goes on behind closed doors of the world power brokers. Clearly, there's no clear-cut answer to some of the madness that is experienced in a rapidly changing geopolitical climate, but in a stern decentralization effort to curb and tie and any type of injustice to the masses, Estelin brings his most recent book, La Trastienda de Trump, which would translate in English to Trump behind the scenes. He's a native of Lithuania, and one of the things that ca- catches my eye about Daniel, and we're, we're rescheduling him, he was slated to appear yesterday, I'm making this special appearance, we're going to bring on, uh, we're going to bring on uh, um, Sco- uh, Skozen, Joel Skozen. And native Lithuania, Daniel is an author in multiple establishment, uh, of multiple establishment pu- uh, pushing, if you will, books. In that effort, he has drawn the attention of various global leaders, of which include the late Fidel Castro. So for all of those uh, folks out there that might be looking at links between Fidel Castro and the CIA and, oh, you know, how uh, some of these international communities may have kind of spearheaded his rise to power in that small little island, uh, a nation that was once very powerful, uh, part of uh, the former uh, global power uh, Spain, uh, Daniel Estin and his work caught Fidel Castro's eyes as, as uh, some of his uh, waning waning hours, or if you will. In 2010, Prensa Latina, state news agency released, Castro quoted Estulin on the topic of world government as quoted as saying, his book is a fantastic story. He's also drawn the attention of Lyndon LaRouche, who's a very kind of uh, independent-minded uh, uh, individual regarding U.S. politics. Esselin's principal research narrative on the Bilderberg Group can be summed up by the following. Its main objective is creating a world government ruled by an elite group of people whose main objective is to do what? What are you trying to do in your own life? Right? Are, are, are you controlling it? You're probably going about your day just like I would be, trying to get your bills paid, right? Get food on the table, make sure you get a, a, a roof over your head. Well, if you're a global power broker, you want to make sure one way is to increase the taxes. Okay? Another way would be Gain more control over natural resources. By the way, off the shore of Cuba is a key saw, and that's a key with a key with a C. So uh, anyway, <laughs> key saw and key saw is a uh, it, it, well, uh, uh, probably not directly, but basically it's uh, it's a stronghold. Uh, it's where it's where the Bush family has an oil rig, right off the coast of Cuba. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. Just, uh, you know, a couple hundred miles, a hundred miles from uh, where I sit right now in Miami. Um, and guess what? Back in the 60s, one of their shipping rigs was named no other than the Barbara. I'll be right back with Joel Skuzin. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Discussions of Truth. I am your host, your weekly host, Ian Hamilton Trottier.
seek and destroy, and that is exactly what I intend to help you do with corruption in your government. We have online with us a very special guest. Joel Skozen joins us from San Diego, I believe, somewhere in California. Is that correct, Joel? Uh, no, I'm in Utah. Thank you. Oh, you're in Utah. Okay. Well, you're out west, uh, but I was uh, in the vicinity some, somewhat. Um, thanks for taking your time to join uh, uh, Winwood Radio. Joel, for listeners out there to know a little bit about you, and first I want to direct them to Joel Skuzen. Dot com that's j o e l s k o u s e n dot com Joel you're a former uh, marine fighter pilot during the Vietnam era is that correct that's correct and by the way we pronounce it Skousen um, just for correction sure okay thanks for the thanks for the, the thanks for that uh, 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 correction Skousen and you are uh, uh, you're fluent in multiple languages is that right. That's right. I uh, am the publisher and editor of the World Affairs Brief, and as a result, I need to access a lot of uh, foreign language services in order to get the truth because uh, we have such a, an abysmal controlled media system in the United States. Excellent. I, I love that's music. That's music to my ears and, and to listeners' ears. We, we hosted uh, former CIA uh, agent uh, Ray McGovern. Uh, about a month and a half ago, and his closing commentary was basically exactly what you just said. In fact, he essentially said, uh, you know, Ian, it's no longer a uh, military-industrial complex. What you're looking at now is a military-industrial media complex, and it's all about how information uh, gets transferred uh, and, 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 and really put out there uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of brainwashing going on. What is what is the main difference that you have seen um, since let's say 9/11 in regards to how media is controlled? Well, I don't really see any difference because this has gone this has been going on a lot of a long time before 9/11, uh, and. Uh, this control of government has progressed from a, uh, a very much in the background control at the turn of the former century, uh, right before World War One, to now almost complete control of government, um, if it weren't for Donald Trump, who's uh, uh, not a direct participant, but is being heavily manipulated by this uh, deep state, if you will. Okay, so that's that's great. I'm glad I'm glad that you said that. And there's you know like like any president, there's 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 pros and cons. Um, what do you see happening right now in regards to? And and I want to go down that kind of. You made the comment about deep deep state. I want listeners to try to. I I think the average American is just they're, they're so concerned about their nine to five, and they don't bother looking at. Wait a second. Could there be mechanics? Could there be an engine behind what is running the U.S. federal government other than my own tax dollars? And, and I think that's where we're getting into, okay, deep state. Let's help define that. But let's get to that in a moment. I want to first now talk about um, Trump and, and how you view the Trump presidency. Uh, probably a very kind of broad question, but uh, I, I would like to hear your, your opinion on, on the state of U.S., and then maybe maybe go into that. Maybe go into what you're seeing as far as the deep state attempting to control um, you know, some of the legislature he's trying to get passed. Well, Donald Trump is a, is a fairly simple person uh, with uh, some good instincts, as indicated by what he picked out would be of interest to the American people in his Make American Great campaign. But Donald Trump also has a very uh, sad but um, you know, set of, of weaknesses that allow him to be manipulated and to change his mind and not to be a stable uh, person uh, from a principled point of view of going through or following through with the promises that he made. First of all, Donald Trump is very, very subject to flattery, meaning that he loves to be loved. He doesn't take criticism very well. 
and so he dishes out flattery, and he is very receptive to flattery. Uh, and Xi Jinping of China learned this when he went to Mar El Lago. Uh, Donald Trump, having worshipped at the idol of celebrityhood through his television appearances, you know, thought, "Wow, this is I'm right in front of talking to the president of China." He's wowed by that. He starts to get gushy about. Um, what a wonderful person it is. I mean, you know how he was critical of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And yet when he got face to face with Hillary, uh, with uh, Barack Obama, he couldn't come out and say anything but nice things about Barack Obama, about wonderful president he was. Uh, so this is what people must understand about Donald Trump is he's a very simple but weak person. He has a strong ego. And so... Uh, Frankly, the, the the mainstream media and the um, those that control presidents uh, have learned that he can be manipulated. And I could give several examples, but uh, one of the interesting things that we saw after this summit was that you know Donald Trump has been successfully manipulated by false intelligence. And it's rampant within the deep state. The deep state runs all U.S. intelligence agencies, uh, CIA, NSA, um, the communication links, the FBI. Everything is run by the deep state. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody in those organizations are part of the deep state. On the contrary, there are a lot of what I call white side agents in the FBI and the CIA. And, in fact, they love to hire Mormon return missionaries because they're so patriotic and they're so clean cut and they make a good front for the white side. And, you know, I've talked to many of my Mormon friends about in the FBI and no, there's no deep state. There's no dark side. I said, well, how could you say that? You know about compartmentalization. You know about need to know. How can you possibly say there doesn't something exist? I mean, you don't have access to anything uh, on, on the dark side. But I have studied this for many, many years, and I know that uh, there is a dark side to each of these agencies, and it continues to grow in extent and power, and they always control the top, top people at the CIA. They always control the top people at the FBI. And so you can have white side agents doing the normal stuff, and then you can have dark side agents, of course, that do the unauthorized stuff. And believe me, they are an arrogant group of people. They have a special ring that they wear at group get-togethers. They have interagency uh, social parties and things uh, where they carouse. Uh, I had one informant who came out and uh, uh, talked to me while I was chairman of the Conservative National Committee in Washington, D.C. during the Reagan administration. He talked about one party that he attended where there was CIA, there was DEA, there was FBI, there was all the various agencies represented. They all had this special kind of class ring he asked about it and the guy said look congress doesn't know we exist we have our own independent funding source through drug money and other things and uh, we do that which is not legal and uh, you know if, uh, they, they brag about that so the dark, the dark side really does exist and unfortunately donald trump doesn't know enough about the dark side to understand who's who. I mean, for example, he fired James Comey, which is clear, clearly deep state, and then he hires Christopher Ray to replace him, who was also deep state. And then, of course, you know, he puts Jeff Sessions in as attorney general, who has turned out to be the most feckless, powerless attorney general, and Rod Rosenstein is running the Department of Justice, and he's deep state. And so he picks another deep stater, Rod, uh, uh, Mr. Mueller, run the investigation and uh, he should be you know rod rosenstein should be fired so it's a very difficult situation to know and it isn't that they're either deep state or not there's an awful lot of politicians that are controlled because the deep state has blackmail material on them i mean for example trey gowdy of uh, south carolina has been a very strong attack dog for conservatives but he never follows through for example, during the Benghazi hearings, he extracted from two people, two military people, that there was a stand-down order given, and he stopped questioning them once they said that. And he, he didn't ask them the $64,000 question, which was, who gave you the stand-down order? I mean, what a blockbuster thing that would have been to have on record. 
that it was so-and-so, the National Security Council, so-and-so, General so-and-so. And then you could have hauled him in and said, who told you to get the stand-down order? But he didn't. And he comes out and says there'll be no impeachment for Rod, Rod Rosenstein. So he's leaving office probably because, I mean, I don't think Trey Gowdy is, is deep state per se, uh, but I think he's got something over on him so that he's unwilling to play this game anymore and he wants out. So, Joel, you've given a lot of very great information there, a lot of, a lot of uh, interesting uh, things to look at here. Help, if you would, help define for listeners deep state. What is, what is that? What is the deep state? Okay. The deep state is the conspiracy of power that controls uh, – Many, many governments, in fact, I don't think there's any government in the West that they don't have significant control over. Now, we don't know who's running the deep state at the very top. That's the best kept secret in the world. But we do know that top agents like Zbigniew Brzezinski and Henry Kissinger are the highest powered public figures of the deep state and do call a lot of the, the cards. For example, I'll give you an example. In, in 1997, at the Munich Security Conference, um, or I think it was 2007, uh, yeah, 2000, at the Munich Security Conference, Barack Obama's National Security Advisor, uh, General uh, Jim Jones of uh, the Marine Corps, uh, gave a speech at the Munich Security Conference. And the previous night, they had given award to Henry Kissinger at the Munich Security Conference. And so Jim Jones says at the beginning of his speech, until a few years ago, this was still on the Council on Foreign Relations website. They've taken it down since then because I point, I pointed too many people to the speech. But he said, we want to thank the uh, conference for giving this award to Henry Kissinger. Okay. He said, at the National Security Council, we have a hierarchy. We get our daily marching orders from Henry Kissinger, passed down through Brent Scowcroft or Sandy Berger. And that was a, an absolute admission of conspiracy. Because Henry Kissinger, even though he was a former national security, has no authorization, no power legally to be giving daily suggestions, let alone daily marching orders to the National Security Council. Now think about that. A person outside the government is calling the National and daily and giving them daily marching orders. And he says, we have a hierarchy, meaning they are our bosses. Now that's proof of a conspiracy. And you're talking about the, 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 the kind of neutralizing agent here being the Council on Foreign Affairs. Well, let me just say this. The Council on Foreign Relations is probably the core U.S. organization where this conspiracy resides. They control most of the appointments to the staff of the White House, the National Security Council, etc. But, you know, they have about 15 or 20 different organizations run by these globalists, which I call them globalists or the Anglo-American conspiracy. Uh, uh, and, and they, um, I mean, there's the Committee of 300, there's the Club of Rome, there's the Aspen Institute, there's the Bilderberg Group, there's the Royal Council for International Affairs in Britain. There's just dozens of organizations where they meet. Um, and there's a core group of people that you, that are, that go around and control a lot of these meetings. Uh, one of those is Henry Kissinger and, and Zbigniew Brzezinski until he died. And often they'll take different roles. One will go to the Democratic Party, Henry Kissinger will be in the Republican Party. They control both sides of the aisle. But one thing that it is not, it is not, as Ray McGovern says, a conspiracy of, of greed and money. Now, Ray McGovern tends to be on the left, and they tend to think that money drives everything in corruption in government. But it does not. Money is the oil that lubricates this and brings people in and provides the draw and brings in big corporations because they can get these big contracts. But this is not driven by money because the conspirators themselves are some of the most wealthy people in the world. Sure. How much 
How much more money do you need? How many more yachts? How many more vacation cabins? How much more wine, women, and song can you have? It's not money. That's the lubricant that buys a lot of this stuff. But it is a conspiracy of outright power. And it transcends generations. It's been going on for centuries. And there's no single person like a mafia head who could start something down this path and guarantee it would keep going. I mean, a mafia family can't keep it in the family more than two generations. This has been going on for centuries. So, frankly, there has to be, I think, a dark spiritual guidance side to this conspiracy. It's uh, it's a very anti-God conspiracy. It's a, uh, anti-sovereignty and uh, anti-liberty. So, I don't have time to go into all of that, but I can tell you that this is not just about wealthy people or the international bankers. They tend to control the wealth. That's why the bankers are involved, but it isn't about money per se. So I try to avoid religion and politics on the program, but what's interesting is that I had on the on the show um, uh, Christopher Bolin, and this has been a number of months. It caught the attention because I had... Uh, followed that show up uh, by bringing on uh, uh, Mississippi uh, State Senator uh, McDaniel, Chris McDaniel. That caught the attention. The fact that I had uh, uh, McDaniel on, on, the, on the program caught the attention of a major publication out of D.C., a political publication called Talking Points Memo. They had slammed McDaniel for coming on my program because I had, enga- I, I had invited Bolin on the show to discuss his research on 9-11, and he looked at a alternative angle than what the American public has uh, been presented in, in, in that of uh, 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 Osama bin Laden. His tie here has to do with uh, Israel, and um, you're talking about something other than a, uh, you know, a banking uh, uh, a, a conspiracy is something to control banking. We can obviously go into the Federal Reserve. And as Americans, uh, if anybody walking uh, within its borders understands uh, what makes this country so incredible, it would be its constitution. That is what separates this country, in my view, from any other country that's ever existed on this planet and certainly any other country that exists at this time. Uh, that's really the, uh, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the gold lining for, uh, for, for making America great. Um, but, but, you know, you're, 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 you're obviously getting away from, um, uh, you're, you're kind of trying, you're steering listeners away from thinking about um, just banking, thinking about just Rothschild, thinking about just Rockefeller, uh, thinking about just J.P. Morgan, um, that sort of thing. You're, you're. Tr- I, I, I get a sense that you're trying to steer uh, more into an ethical um, kind of realm, and that that brings in Nomi Prince, who left Goldman Sachs uh, because they were just doing these deals to make money, uh, and it completely went against her ethical well-being and, and or, or, or foundation, if you will. Um, and she she began writing books, and she's on her seventh book now. But in your view. How does Israel play into any of this, if it does? Well, Christopher Bolin and I have a major disagreement about 9-11. He blames it basically all on Israel and the Mossad. And I believe it's bigger than that. I believe that Israel and the Mossad are part of the globalist conspiracy. They do a lot of the secret assassination work. For example, the globalists created... They created terror. They're the ones who ran 9-11. It was a government black operation. Sure, the Mossad was involved. They're involved in most uh, international illegal black operations uh, tasked by the globalists. They're some of the best, for example, at infiltrating uh, Arab countries. It's my opinion after that ISIS was cre- a creation of the uh, U.S. and British intelligence, that is the deep state portion of those uh, two organizations, and that Trump doesn't know about that. Uh, and I think that because Israel and the Mossad is the best at training Israeli Arabs to infiltrate Arab countries and act roles that they are, that they are in fact providing the ISIS and terrorist leadership to these various factions. That's why the United States, for example, has always saved ISIS 
when you're attacking Mosul, for example, they left a sector of the of the encampment, the troops surrounding Mosul, to make sure that ISIS could escape from that. In the final stand of ISIS in Raqqa, for example, the U.S. makes a deal with uh, ISIS that they'll save them, and they hire a whole bunch of Arab semi-trailer trucks to bring ISIS out and their families and their heavy weapons. And I documented that in the World Affairs briefs that they brought Iraq out and they basically dispersed them back into the rebels in Syria. In other words, the U.S. never did attack ISIS. Sure, the U.S., I'm a former Navy Marine Corps pilot, a lot of those good people out there bombing targets, but they don't realize that the deep state is alerting ISIS that the bombers are coming and those buildings are empty. You can't tell from the airplane. You just know that your bombs hit the target. But our pilots don't know that those ISIS people have been warned in advance, just like the truck convoys sitting at the Turkish border with the oil from ISIS being transported through Turkey, our supposed ally who was marketing that oil to Israel. And the U.S. never bombed any of those convoys until the Russians start bombing them. And the Russians then say to the U.S., how come you aren't doing that if you're really fighting ISIS? So the U.S. bombed a convoy of oil tankers, but they dropped leaflets before the bombing to warn the truck drivers to get out of the trucks. And that's the last time they ever bombed an oil convoy. So the U.S. got embarrassed by the Russians, bombed an oil convoy of ISIS. But you know, the U.S. media never talked about what was ISIS oil being marketed through Turkey for. And what does Erdogan and his sons have to do with the marketing oil and they're making themselves rich and it's ultimately going to Israel. And Israel, of course, provides medical services for ISIS uh, on the Israel-Syrian uh, border. So there's a tremendous amount of evidence that ISIS is a deep state creation and that Israel is very much a part of that. But there's a lot of people who believe in a conspiracy theory that Israel runs everything, that the Jews are behind it all. Now, there are a significant number of Jews that are involved in the globalist conspiracy, and some of the most powerful people like Henry Kissinger are Jews. But I've been to Israel many times. I know that there's a lot of good Jews that have nothing to do with this. And so I choose to target the globalist because the globalist includes the Jews that are participating in that. And so I choose not to go after this as a Jewish because it isn't a Jewish conspiracy. Mm -hmm. For example, the Jews that are involved, the so-called Zionist conspiracy, there's right. two types of Zionism. There's religious Zionism, which believes, as many Christians do, that God has promised that the house of Israel, not just the Jews, the whole entire house of Israel would have a homeland uh, back in Israel. But there is political Zionism, which was hijacked. Right. They hijacked the term Zionism. They were actually Marxist. The original political Zionists that took over Israel in 1948 were Marxists. They, they, uh, they created the Histadrut, which was the labor union there that controlled everything for many, many years in Israel, which was a Marxist organization. It was complete state control of, of workers and everything else. The whole commune system is a Marxist outgrowth of taking children away from families, and etc. So you see, there's political Zionism, and the only way to distinguish between the good and the bad Jews that are involved in this is to call them what they are, the globalists or the bad ones, whether they're Jews or Anglos or Saxons or whatever they are. If they're in this globalist conspiracy, which is what I target, then they're the bad ones. And then you don't, at the same time, go maligning the good Jews who don't believe in this. Sure. So you speak of you speak of a head, basically a a, a, a kind of uh, a, a apex of this deep state. Does that head that, that you that you mentioned is the best kept secret, uh, for instance? Uh, does that have tr head transcend national borders? Yes, it does. Um, you know, it has traditionally been. Uh, centered in the city of London, which is smaller than the actual metropolitan area of London. There's a small city within London called the City of London. It's the financial capital, really, of the British financial city. It used to be the financial capital of the world, but that's really kind of transferred now to New York under the globalists who control a lot of money there in the Wall Street. They control the Federal Reserve System, which essentially controls international finance 
through secret loans that they do to bail out countries, including the EU, regularly. And so they use money, of course, to control other countries, and that's why the World Bank is part of it, the International Monetary Fund, of giving money out so that they can control countries. It, once again, let me just emphasize, it is not just a financial greed situation where you're trying to make money. This is a control system. They want control, they want corruption, uh, and they want to reward that. That's why the NSA spying is really about two major things. It's not about defending against terrorism. It's about one, getting dirt on everyone possible so that you can blackmail as many congressmen. They start went in for the military, they do media people, they blackmail, they have uh, state and, uh, representatives because they may go on to you know, federal office, they, they have a long history, they do this internationally. You talk about interfering elections, the CIA and the NSA spy on everyone internationally. For example, they used Mr. Montesinos in Colombia to feed him information on the opposition so that Fujimori, the former president of Colombia, could stay in office. Fujimori, or Montesinos, was a CIA asset, and he was allowing CIA surveillance of everything so that anyone who came up against Fujimori could be blackmailed against it. And that's direct interference in an election. So who are we to call Russia for a few you know, uh, tweets on social media, uh, you know, to be interfering in the election. This is just ludicrous by comparison. We have assassinated people like our Benz in, in Guatemala and uh, and the president of Chile when Peter, Peter Shea came into power. Those were de definite CIA coups of existing government. I mean, this is just incredible that the media continues to harp on this Russian interference thing and to lambast Donald Trump who keeps waffling on this by the way he keeps saying well yes I believe intelligence uh, and then he says no I don't believe and you know it could be somebody else uh, but I'll tell you one thing this told us an awful lot when he got back from the Sochi summit and he had to do an about face about having said basically intelligence says this but uh, you know Russia denies it and I tend to believe Russia and then he really was pressured when he got home and he made this statement that I'm a complete supporter of, uh, of intelligence. Somebody got to him. And that tells people an awful lot. It tells Russia and China, for example, Donald Trump is not the rogue, strong president that we have heretofore feared. He is controlled. Yeah. So it has diminished Donald Trump's fear factor in his enemies, in our enemies, Russia and China, because of the fact they know he can be turned and he can be controlled by the mainstream. So this was a very bad thing for Donald Trump to do. Joel, are you familiar with the late uh, former Stanford Hoover fellow, Dr. Anthony Sutton? Oh, of course. I've read all his works. It's completely true about the Wall Street industrialists, uh, you know, helping out Hitler and Stalin and all of those things. Uh, uh, building all of these uh, plants. Uh, this is part of the globalist philosophy of building enemies so that you can create future conflict. A lot of Americans don't realize that the uh, wealthy industrialite Jacob Schiff gave $20 million to the Bolshevik re Revolution uh, in gold, and it was confiscated on the way to Canada. Um, Trotsky was the recipient of that for the revolution. Uh, Canadian government got a call from the White House saying, let Trotsky and the gold go to Russia. So it went to the highest level of the U.S. government, even in the days of the pre-Bolshevik revolution. During World War II, we gave Russia, of course, all this lend-lease. But even after the war was over, we gave Russia, through lend-lease, the remaining plans to a nuclear weapon that they couldn't steal during the Manhattan Project. Major Racy Jordan, who was in charge of the Montana Air Base, which all this stuff was being shipped over through Siberia to Russia, found these six black trunks uh, labeled diplomatic baggage. He uh, confiscated them, protested the Russians, opened them up, and they contained all these plans of the nuclear weapons. My and within, within a half an hour, he gets a call from the White House, Harry Hopkins, uh, uh, assistant to Roosevelt telling him to close those trunks up, give them back to the Russians, and don't ever say anything more about it. It gets worse. 
the U.S. supplied Russia with the first enriched uranium in order to explode their first atomic weapon within a year after Hiroshima. They couldn't have enriched uranium. It was a very difficult process. They didn't have the equipment, so we gave it to them. We brought Mao Zedong to power in China through none other than, you know, this was during the Truman administration. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, we cut off military aid to Chiang Kai-shek. We cut off military aid to Batista to bring uh, Che Guevara uh, or, and uh, Castro to power. Uh, we cut off military aid to Anastasio Samosa of Nicaragua to bring the Sandinistas to power. I mean, when you really look at the history of conspiracy, you see the U.S. government has done more to undermine free governments, and that's because they want to create conflict so that they can, in the resolution, they provide solutions to the American people they would not otherwise uh, accept. And that's, uh, we're still in that process. We got World War II in order to, I mean, World War I was partially to destroy Russia and Germany as independent powers resisting the globalist financial control system in the world. It was also created in order to get a world government, the League of Nations. It didn't work. And so the Treaty of Versailles was carefully crafted to be so onerous that it would guarantee that Germany would strike again, giving us World War II by the way, financed by American financiers uh, to all of the chemical and petroleum companies and weapons countries in, in uh, Hitler's Germany. And then World War II gave us the United Nations, but it had no military power. So we're headed for a third world war. And it's destined to give us a militarized global government and a complete loss of sovereignty. And uh, that's another story in itself. If you have time, I can go into that. But um, uh, that's the major threat: is we're going to he we're heading for World War III with Russia and China. North Korea is going to be the trigger event. Uh, Donald Trump has failed to disarm North Korea. He will continue to fail. He's buying into the phony claims of disarmament. They have no intention of disarming, and that postpones the trigger event till the next decade when Russia and China will be ready to follow up with a strike on the West. Joel, we look at, for instance, the term secrets in plain sight. We flip over the U.S. dollar bill and we see on the flip side, uh, all-seeing eye, what seems to be an Egyptian pyramid. And we, we see a phrase there that says, Novus Ordo Seclorum, New World Order. How long has the United States been subjugated to this deep state? And is there any relation between this new world order concept motion and the deep state well yes the deep state is the enforcement arm of this new world order or globalist conspiracy now you have to be careful about looking at these signs and this is why you cannot devoid religion completely from the arguments of conspiracy because you see you look at the Masonic order, for example, which has the all-seeing eye and it has the special handshakes and other things. But if you go back into Egyptology, you'll see that Abraham had a lot of these things that he gave to the Egyptians and Abraham was a real prophet of God. Uh, and the all-seeing eye was originally representing the eye of God and the light of truth benefits the universe. And so there were a lot of godly things involved. And Satanic forces in the world tend to, to uh, capture those things, change them, turn them into Masonic symbols, for example, which become used for evil secret combinations. Now, the founding fathers were Masons, but not because they were part of the secret combination, because they were deceived into thinking this brotherly order, which had these godly symbols, was in fact a good thing. Eventually, it became co-opted. Uh, and and they would have left had they known, you know, what the real intent uh, was of it. So it's not very uh, clear. Uh, we all think these symbols are evil symbols, but they did stem from righteous symbols. Uh, and New Novus Ordinus Seclorum was it was in the founders. This was the new liberty that the Constitution they were going to. This was the new, and it was a good thing to them. It's been hijacked by evil forces, and I, I can prove that there has to be 
a long-term dark spiritual force behind this because as I implied at the beginning, there is no other way to logically explain the generational effect of centuries after century. No single man can put this into operation and keep it going and directing. It has to be revelatory to at a certain level, at the highest level. Just like God occasionally can reveal himself to prophets and give guidance, I think Satan can do the same thing to his minions on earth. And, uh, you know, this isn't any religious doctrine pertaining to any particular religion. I just think the fact that no human organization can maintain a conspiracy of this direction for so long, for so many centuries, started by a single man, it just cannot happen. It takes a, a, a power behind the veil that continues to direct and guide it. And that's why it's so hard to uncover because it does have the power of Satan and his great powers of deception behind it. Joel, closing comments for listeners. I want to, I want to basically leave them with the Constitution. In my mind, it uh, seems to be pretty undisputed that that would be the backbone to the United States. And in my opinion, it is the reason that has made this country great just as we're talking about, freedom of religion, freedom of press, and so on. The Constitution, constitutional rights are broken. They're being infringed on. Americans are losing them, whether they realize it or not. If we were to say that the Constitution is all but dead, moving forward, how do Americans fix it? Well, that's a very interesting question. I gave a speech about uh, six years ago at a university called Why the Constitution is Dead and How to Fix It. And uh, on my website, joelskousen.com, if people click on the Law and Government section, you'll see how I've rewritten the Constitution and the principles of the founders in tight legal language so that it cannot be misinterpreted. Now, the Constitution, of course, was written with trust in mind that this simply... Constitution had enumerated powers, and you can't do anything but that. But the general language of the Constitution, which the courts have interpreted, like the initiating clause and the general welfare clause and the commerce clause, because they were not written in tight legal language, they have been subject to interpretation, and there's no way to undo that. A lot of conservatives say, and my uncle included, W. Clem Scales, was the master of restoring the Constitution, but it literally can't be done, because unless you change the language Case law prevails. You ask anything, look at this, uh, the, the confirmation hearings of Gorsuch and the confirmation hearings of uh, Kavanaugh. They're all going to be about precedent. That means court precedent. In other words, that's the new constitution. It has been rewritten hundreds of thousands of times with court precedent. And so the lawyers say, we don't mind restoring the constitution. We use it right now and we follow court precedent. Oh, no, you can't follow. you got to go what the founders say. But the founders weren't completely consistent. There's no way that they dictated. In fact, the founders never even defined fundamental rights in the Constitution, leaving it wide open to misinterpretation as a right to free education and a right to free medical care and things because they failed to define those terms. Now, I don't believe you can get there, back there, to even with my tight language Constitution because we don't have a majority anymore. And that's why I'm telling conservatives, while we fight to understand why we're losing liberty, you've got to remember, we're probably heading for a third world war, a loss of sovereignty. That doesn't mean that there won't be pockets of liberty uh, and resistance will continue. But I would be naive to think that we're going to win this, given the fact that personal corruption in this country and worthiness of God's blessing of redemption are diminishing every year. And nobody can deny that. That's my message. We need to prepare, not only to fight for liberty, but to literally take it to a fight when it comes to that during war, when there will be prison camps, and there will be uh, many things that um, we have saw in Germany and in Russia that will happen in this country. And finally, Joel, as listeners go to your website, uh, com. Uh, they will find a strategically relocation North American guide to safe places. 
any any closing comments uh, that you would like to leave? You you've basically uh, given given a few there, but uh, is there anything else that you would like uh, listeners to uh, to walk away with this uh, this morning? Well, yes, um, you know, I I have written three books about helping people prepare for war and the social unrest is going to come when a nuclear attack comes to this nation. Believe me, Russia and China are not building all these nuclear weapons just for deterrence purposes. They're going to be used offensively, not against cities per se, but against the U.S. military. They're going to decapitate the U.S. military so that our leaders who will let this strike fall will come out of their bunkers and say, now the only way we have to defend ourselves is to join a militarized global government. I covered everything about current events from a conspiratorial perspective, what I think is a credible uh, perspective, in my weekly World Affairs Brief. And listeners can get a free sample copy of that by emailing me at editor at worldaffairsbrief.com. I am rather pessimistic about being able to overturn things, about Trump being able to drain the swamp, since he can't recognize who's in the swamp or who's not. But that's why people need to prepare for a takedown while we fight to inform and to improve and to get the truth out. You need to prepare for war and for the takedown that's coming. And that's what I, that's my wake-up message to your listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, Joel Skousen, uh, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, that's correct. Skousen. Skousen. Fantastic. Joel, thank you for taking your time to be with us this morning. Have a uh, wonderful uh, remainder of your day. And uh, we'll be in touch with you soon. Thank you, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Joel Skousen, folks. Uh, wow. Wow. Incredible. Unbelievable. But you know what? We, we, will, we will invite Joel back on the program. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, this, this man has been looking at some of these issues that I address and I make an attempt to bring to the forefront on a weekly basis for you to start looking at. Because as you heard, as you heard him say, this predates 9-11. Okay. This goes back to the world wars and It's only a matter of time, folks, before this economy takes another dive like 08 and we've got soup kitchens. The Great Depression, when I was a kid growing up in Oakland, California, I made one of my my good friends, a neighbor across the street. This was a guy that lived through the Great Depression. I don't know if you have, I hope that you have, ever sat down with somebody now they're, they're probably mostly gone now but ever sat down with somebody who lived through that standing out in the freezing cold depending on their geographic location waiting for a slice of bread and a spoonful of soup you think that the United States cannot you think it's you think that it is not able to see those days again I urge you to patron joelskousen.com. J-O-E-L-S-K-O-U-S-E-N. He's done decades of research. If nothing else, see if any of his suggestions could apply to your benefit. The U.S. Constitution... Hey, look, Paul Craig Roberts, who served under the Reagan administration, said, you don't have a Constitution, Ian. It doesn't exist anymore. It's completely gone. Charlotte Eisenman, also former Reagan administration advisor, her book, the dumbing down of America. These are people that have spent decades, like Joel, decades looking into the decline of this wonderful country that we've inherited.
I'll be back for some closing comments right after this. You've tuned in to Discussions of Truth on Winwood Radio. Special Thursday morning edition of Discussion of Truth. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Handles I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. IanTrottier.com has a list of all my past guests. Next week, we will be joined by Richard Gage. Look, we're going to do it because we can we're going to talk about 9-11, the 9-11 Commission Report. A thanks to Joel Skousen for joining the program today. As always, I strive to deliver you a punch each week because, I mean, I mean, <laughs> woo, Joel's words were not light. This is not for the thin the skin. This is not for the faint of heart. I was sprayed. This is how this all started for me, okay? This is how it's, this is how I, I got to get out of here because I got to catch a flight, but this is how this all started for me. And I've got nothing against anybody of any religion. If you're peaceful and you're loving and you're a kind human being, I could care less who your God is, what your God is. I don't care. Be a good person. My best friend in Miami happens to be Jewish. And he's gay. Okay? Who cares? And it was him that said, Ian, you got to look into this pesticide spraying. That was two years ago. A a, a pesticide called Nalid Dibrum that turns out is completely banned in the European Union. It's illegal, yet it was used down here on inhabitants of Wynwood and Miami. That is how this all started, because from there, I was drawn to a guy named Anthony Sutton, who Joel has read well, that delivered in 1972 speech, convention, a political convention in Miami Beach, and returned back to Palo Alto after delivering that speech, basically doing exactly what Joel has just said, saying, hey, U.S. banking system, elements of the U.S. banking system had their fingers in the Nazi Germany and Russia and da 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 How dare you 
Don't you ever speak of that again. It's fact. And this is where we are today. So, take the words as you like. Take the admonition as you like. The warning. The opinions. But do something about it. Certainly keep listening to me. As long as I can do this, I certainly will. And I thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. I, again, am your host, Ian Trottier. Check me out at iantrottier.com, Twitter or Instagram, whatever you like. Uh, You've tuned in to Winwood Radio. And until next week, be awesome.